What's happening? Welcome in, J-Mart and Ramon on a Monday Night Football Titans Monday. Won't be a reaction today. Oh, yeah, there will. Yeah, well. There will be a reaction. There won't be a reaction to the Titans until tomorrow. But it is J-Mart and Ramon beginning another week. Safe from Knoxville. Didn't get hit with a golf ball. Didn't ah. get hit with anything else. We're about to jump right on into that because there's a whole lot to talk about. 11-year NFL veteran involved for life, Ramon Foster. Jonathan Schaefer joining me. I'm Jason Martin at Ramon Foster at Schaefer on sports at Jmart Radio at Jmart and Ramon. We're on Twitter at Jmart and Ramon. Like I said, 615-737-1045. Titans Bills tonight on Monday Night Football. Bills entered the week through most power rankings as the best team in the league. Yep. I think you might have to... They might have to share the spotlight a little bit. Arizona keeps looking really good. The Cowboys escaped New England, but that's a tough place to win. And Dak Prescott's playing out of his mind. And the guy that maybe you need to start talking more about is C.D. Lamb because when they needed to make a play, 88 caught the ball every single time. Yeah. He looks like a total stud. Uh, and Baltimore. Uh, they were winning close games. You, you can make an argument they should have lost to the Lions, but they took advantage of getting the opportunity, and Justin Tucker made the kick. One loss they had was in overtime because the Raiders made a crazy comeback at home early in the season. Um, right now, the MVP vote is kind of, I, I don't know. You can make an argument for about four people to me. You can make an argument for the quarterback you'll see tonight, Josh Allen. Mm -hmm. You can make an argument for Kyler. You can make an argument for... Um, there's another court. Dak Prescott. Oh, Dak is playing lights out. Um, right now, probably giving it to Lamar. Probably look so. look at the weapons Dak has. Look at the weapons Josh Allen has. And look at Kyler's weapons. Mm -hmm. All of them are playing out of their minds. But the one that's doing it with less and doing it in a way you just don't see, it's Lamar. <laughs> it's ridiculous me. what they did to the Chargers yesterday. He's doing it with tight ends and a run game. It's pretty much Mark Andrews and yeah. whatever running back is in the game at the time. Maybe on Bell, Devontae Freeman, all these guys that were left on the scrap heap. It's just, and I mean, he just came, you know, on Monday Night Football, what he did there. That blowout win, straight up to do this against the Chargers in what was supposed to be game of the week. And by the second, by the third quarter, you didn't need to watch it anymore because you knew what was going to happen. I know. They got boat race. And again, the only thing I can think of, why did they get beat that bad like that? Well, Lamar in that running game, they'll, right. sh they'll shorten the game quickly on you, okay? But not only that, he's throwing the ball a whole lot better than what anything was projected. He worked this offseason, and it showed also. Yeah, well, I could, you could also throw Stafford in there. Stafford's playing really well, he's too. playing well. Um, it all comes down to, for Stafford and Lamar at this point, all comes down to being able to win in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, if they can go deep in the playoffs, you're going to be able to take most of whatever little bit of shine you've taken off of them. You're going to have to put it back. Mm -hmm. uh, and the Titans have a chance tonight against one of the MVP candidates of the league and maybe the best overall team in the league, or certainly one of the top two or three uh, on Monday Night Football right here in Nashville. And there are a lot of Bills fans, folks. You see the clip of Estimates the airplane? Like 30,000 in the stands, maybe 50,000 in the stands. Like, well, I don't think there'll be 50. But, yeah, there's a lot here. Yeah, they're, they're making videos of them, like, loading down planes full of Bills fans. All Bills fans flying to Nashville. It is insane. I was telling Jay, too, it's this 50th career game, Josh Allen today. 
or tonight, he's already what only only QB in NFL history with eleven thousand plus passing yards, seventeen hundred plus rushing yards, and a hundred plus touchdowns through fifty games. He's actually been lights out for oh, yeah, a yeah. little bit of a while, you know. The last two years, he's been lights out, and before that, he was he was he was a playmaker because he could run. He was he was learning on the job, and then they gave him a Ferrari and Stephon Diggs. <laughs> Made a nice move with Emmanuel Sanders. You see what's happened. By the way, if you're going to the game tonight, make sure to have the latest version of the Titans app downloaded on your phone. New app updates been released for the Titans app. It's required to get in tonight. Update your app today through the Apple and Google Play stores. Um, again, make sure you download the latest version of the Titans app. That thing had better be on your phone. It's required to get into the stadium. So don't get there and then have to oh. try to do it when cell service is going to be struggling and Wi-Fi is going to be split between 70,000 people all over. That's good to know. Had no idea, Jay. Uh, also, this, too, is a guy we forgot about, but Josh Allen right now says fourth with 106 as far as passing and running touchdowns behind. Patrick Mahomes with 135. Dan Marino with 116. Guess who's number three? Deshaun Watson. Watson. Yeah. That situation is dead and gone right now, huh? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. They didn't look good yesterday. Carson Wentz looked like an MVP candidate in that game, or Jonathan Taylor did. Yeah. Because the Colts blew their doors off. Yes, they did. They didn't look good doing it. And of course, you've got the Colts fear Titan. Two weeks. Coming up in a couple weeks. Yep. Yeah. Kansas gonna, City, six days from today. Yeah, that's that's going to be pretty interesting, man, watching this Colts team the second time around because they offensively, they look a whole lot better. Last time the Titans played them, it was bad by uh, it was bad by the Colts, and the Titans made them look bad, too. So just got to give credit where credit's due on that one. Looking bad, too, Jay? You hear my voice. Uh, we're all that way. All that way. Yeah, we got uh, we got back to where we were staying. Whew. And on the drive back, and I knew it. I even said, I'm like, I bet you Aaron Torres is going to call me and say, I know you're off. You want to come on and do a segment about this? <laughs> it happened like five minutes later. And so we got back to the place, and I, I went on Fox for about 20 minutes and talked about it. Um, there's a lot to get into there. Yeah. So we'll, we'll we'll flip it to the other side of this break, and then we're going to dive into Vols Ole Miss. You see Iowa? <laughs> Iowa dropped to 11 after almost, the loss. So it's <laughs> clear everybody was just waiting for them to lose, <laughs> and they had a schedule where they shouldn't have. You see the uh, you see the social media account from them? We made a mean number two out of Iowa. <laughs> Who said that? <laughs> Purdue. Oh, man. <laughs> we made a mean number two out of Iowa. <laughs> They would rank too. Oh my, that was that was good play on words, right? People are saying any news on the illness with AJ? No, other than he has an illness, and I don't know if that's just kind of little gamesmanship or. <laughs> I would be shocked if if it's just an illness. I would be shocked if he does not play tonight. Somebody said he might have had a little bit too much hot chicken before the game. I mean, okay, let me tell you: Have you ever had that situation happen? Hot I'm not a hot chicken guy. So. I had it one time. It was super hot. Okay, and that capsaicin inside of that had me strung out on the bed for like 36, 48 hours. That is, that's, that's food hell, okay? I just got to throw that out there. There is nothing worse than that. We take you to Neyland where we all were on Saturday to talk about the Ooh. game at some point, but all the other stuff. Plus, I know we got a phone call that wants to talk about Coach O because, well, Grand opening, grand closing. Are you shocked still after the Florida win? No. 
I think I, I think it was already done before they played Florida, and it was like if you look at the report, he was he was out. He had said, "Yeah, I'll walk away at the end of the year. Don't fire me now." And LSU's not, and we had Andy Staples tell us this: the guy that would be making that call, he doesn't do this midseason. He, he let Ty Willingham coach out at Washington, a winless team. Well, the, there's some reports around him too. By the way, correction. Purdue tweeted out, we just beat the number two out of Iowa. Oh, yeah, okay, that's better. <laughs> that's well done. 615-737-1045. We'll take you to Knoxville uh, oh. and discuss what you all want to hear about when we come back. It's J. Martin Ramon, 104.5 The Zone. Welcome back, J. Martin Ramon, 104.5 The Zone, powered by all four seasons, garage doors in Nashville. The Titans play tonight. You'll hear it on Titans Radio, of course. We'll be the first to react to it tomorrow morning on this show. A little bit later on today, Tyler Dunn, our friend from GoLongTD.com, who is out of Buffalo. So we'll be able to talk to him about the bill specifically, but everything going on around the NFL. It is somewhere you should subscribe to, by the way. Uh, Mike Keith will be here. We'll give you our Toyota keys to the game. So there's a lot to get to, but let's do it, okay? I'm going to read this to you directly, and then we will jump into the story itself, okay? Mm -hmm. This is from Sports Illustrated. When neither defense could seem to slow down the other on Saturday, Ole Miss may have employed the latest trend. Several players were either struck by cramps or some sort of injury that took a few seconds to be realized, most of the time after looking to the sideline. Quote, they came back, though. The coach said at his Monday press conference, they were healthy enough to get back in there. The problem, though, is there's nothing in the rules against it. Even Gus Malzahn, of all people, employed it against Brett Bielema in 2013. Arkansas tried it in 2013 when McTelvin Aguim laid down while Auburn was on offense. They nearly ran over him, but he recovered in time to get up and jog behind the play. There's not really any recourse when it happens either. You can't even submit the video. No, you can't. The coach said when he was asked, as he was sending it to the NCAA, the rule has to change. Right now, there's no penalty. Purists don't like it. The move serves the purpose of slowing down teams that like to run plays like a machine gun. It works. The coach took the high road. I'm not saying the guys were not hurt, he said. They may have been hurt. I'm not a medical doctor. There were a lot of them cramped up or whatever happened to them. If there is a change, it's going to have to come from new rules. Coach said the rules committee waits every two years to do it. That's the first time that many injuries have happened in a game this year. And it goes on from there. That is an article about last week, and that's Sam Pittman, the coach, not Josh Heupel. That's Arkansas. After their game with Ole Miss, talking about phony injuries that were happening from Ole Miss last week with a bunch of cramps. I read that just because there is context. On the Tennessee tailgate show, the expanded edition we did at Calhoun's Bone, Mm -hmm. Will made the point that this was going to happen in advance, talking about how Pittman had talked about it a week prior, mm-hmm. and you should anticipate seeing it. And he couldn't have been more right. Um, Penn State and who was it? Iowa? Penn State and Iowa, and James Franklin had to comment they on it after the game. a spat about it. Yep, that's exactly right. All right, Shafe, tell us, because I know you have it in front of you now, tell us what happened. So I went back. And looked at the game, I DVR'd it, which I often do when I go out to a game and see it live because I want to go back and see it on television and see what things I may have missed while being in attendance. So I charted every single drive and notated when someone was injured and it stopped the clock or what have you. 
First half, not that big of a deal, actually. Three times it happened with UT, two with Old Miss. In the second half, happened six times with UT, 11 times with Old Miss in the second half. Here's a drive to take a look at. It was UT's second drive of the second half after they'd already scored a touchdown. This ended up with the missed field goal on the drive. Mm-hmm. At 628, Chance Campbell went down injured. At 538, Katie Hill went down injured. At 512, Isaiah Itten or Iten went down injured for Old Miss. All players that came back into the game mm-hmm. for the Rebels. Mm-hmm. Now Alante Taylor was down a couple times for UT. Mm-hmm. Uh now, Alante, Alante was obviously, yeah. the first time he was definitely hurt because he came back out and I immediately looked to you and said, I would throw right at him. Well, and, and Jaqu- Jaquan Blakely was down a couple of times. Uh, Cade actually got hurt, didn't he, mm-hmm. his ankle? Right, but that didn't stop play. Okay. It, so it didn't cause a timeout and actually stop playing. He's an offensive lineman, so. It did hurt Tennessee, though, because the guy that came in after him. Yeah. Boy, oh boy. <laughs> wow. The injuries to the yeah. offensive line and Tyshawn Evans being out really affected UT. There's no you doubt about that. Tie on, excuse me. And then the um then the fourth drive for UT that ended in a punt in the second half. You had an injury at eight forty two and then another one at eight seventeen. One was Dean Leonard, and I couldn't get the number for the other old miss player. Then later on in the game, the fifth drive where they turned it over on downs, an injury two fifty eight and an injury two oh seven. Miles Battle, Chase Campbell. Here's the one thing with these old Miss players, as it was mentioned in that article that Jason read. They all came back. They all came back. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of them came back very quick. More UT players actually were down in the game than I remember in action. Yeah. But all of those old Miss players came back into the game of play. One situation I was watching was when the linebacker went down, and he actually looked like he was hurt from Ole Miss. Uh, 44, I think, was his number. That was Campbell. He went down twice. Okay, Campbell, when he went down, and he stayed down for a little while, stopped play too. He gets up and walks off, walks to the blue tent, walks right back out of it. And I was just like, what was this? But, uh, hey, you can't report it. If they're injured, you can't tell them they're injured. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes guys make plays on stuff for a lot to get out of practice, get out of games, whatever the case may be. But, again, like you said, Shafe, on both sides, atrocious but everybody um i feel like i'm speaking through my lens of being a ball player it's different it was just more noticeable with their guys because the way in which they fell out it was, was the, a it was the corner killer. it was the cornerbacks it was the cornerbacks yeah the left the left cornerback on three separate occasions i think it was just was the play was about to start yes tennessee was walking up to the line to snap the ball that cornerback looked over to the sideline and then just fell over after getting in position, fell over. I understand cramps can happen. Mm -hmm. Believe me, I get it. And there was a lot of offense. There was a lot of speed and all that. I get all of these things. You can't tell me all of them were legit. And I'm not even necessarily saying it was just Ole Miss. But I I think that the problem here is there's nothing. And I was trying to figure it out in real time. I was like, here would be my solution. If a guy goes down, he's out until a change of possession. Mm-hmm. So at least it's punitive. Mm-hmm. And Greg Sankey mentioned that during the nation. That needs week. to happen. Because this would ruin football if everybody started, employed, started employing it. Like, you can think it's dirty pool, but until the rule changes, it's just exploiting what's in the rule book. Because, and, and 
we were trying to figure out, well, why would you do this on first and 19 or second yeah. and 17 or right after a sack or something like that? And so I don't, I don't know which ones were and which ones weren't, but I'm skeptical that all of those were legitimate injuries. That's about as far as I will go. I, I, but here's the deal. I, I find this I, – I, I feel like it's all about rhythm. If you just keep stopping the game, it's yeah. not about getting your defense more time to rest. It's about more time to scheme up the right play, yes. But more than anything, it's like every time Tennessee would get on a roll – or Arkansas would get on a roll, or yeah. whoever it is that's guilty of this, Iowa would get on a roll, you have a guy drop down, and it's like you just sent the offense to the bench, mm-hmm. and they get cold. It's like icing a kicker over and over again. The rhythm that you're trying to get into if you're in a Hypo offense or a Chip Kelly offense or a Bryles offense or one of those things, once you start cooking, you just cook all the way down, down the field. Yeah. But if you keep having guys drop out and there's a stoppage and crowds getting restless and all this – it's a way to just kind of make a game very disjointed. Yeah. And it's like you have to will your way back into it. And there were multiple times where they would come back out immediately <laughs> and have a terrible play call, a bad third down, and the ball would be out of their hands. So what I said was, if indeed my skepticism is justified, then it worked. Yeah. It, More it, often than it didn't, it worked. It, it did, and I – to though to that situation a little bit. I'm listening yesterday to the reaction calls coming in, and uh, I forget who it was on, on on the reaction yesterday morning. But he was kind of he's a he was a Tennessee guy going at um going at Hypel about telling guys to get down. You remember when the D lineman? I think his helmet popped off. That was Jimmy Himes doing Jimmy that. Himes. You and I were listening at the same time because we were on the road. You heard? Jimmy? Oh yeah, and then there was a the guy that Jimmy like cut off, and yeah, you're an uh, idiot. Yeah, 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 he called him idiot. Well, and I saw that play. That hypo was telling, I think it was Spragans. Yeah, it was Spragans to, to go down. To go down because he was trying to get off the field and limp off the field, and that situation just told him to go down. So if that's the play that Jimmy Himes is talking about, yeah, yeah, he's out of bounds on that. Okay, so Himes was going at Coach Hypo about, hey, that was you don't do that. That's disrespecting the game. While not like really acknowledging that Lane has pretty much installed this into his defense to slow down fast paced offenses. To Hypo's credit on this. All coaches have 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 this rule. If you're injured, just go down. Yeah, right. Don't run off because they may have been in in in, in uh they they may have been close to getting twelve men on the field or playing with ten. That right there is playing smart football. If you got an injury, something going on, go down. If it's mm-hmm. legitimate, mm-hmm. I think his helmet popped off. He needed a new helmet mm-hmm. or something. Stop play instead of burning a timeout. That's the idea behind Hypo. Tell them, go down. Yeah, because the play with Spragans didn't really give them a competitive advantage other than it got them out of their rhythm because they'd be trying to snap the ball exactly. so fast. It would have been I a 12th man So infraction. What I'm saying is Hypo wasn't malicious in doing that, I don't think. Now, again, if he's fighting fire with fire and he's tired of Kiffin doing that on the other side, all right, hey, you stab me, I'm going to stab you back. You know what I'm saying? I do think that the the criticism that was that can be lodged in all these situations of get off the field and then fall over. Yeah. That is that is one thing. It's like it's not an it's usually not an instantaneous deal. Yeah. Like when I've had cramps before, I can get off the field usually. Mm-hmm. And when you go and get in spot and you set up mm-hmm. and then you see the quarterback go to the line and then all of a sudden you fall over, you're making it real easy for me to be conspiratorial about well, it. Let's and not, just say that. And not only that, if you time it out correctly, exactly. you can then get a TV timeout yes. added to that yep. to where you could potentially 
pause the game for about four to five minutes, <laughs> yeah. in theory. Yeah. And again, I'm not saying they did it. We don't know for sure. We don't know. But the problem that we're talking about it, and we have a reasonable suspicion that it could have happened, that's the issue. And if you time it out right, it, it really is like calling a timeout before a field goal. Yeah. It really is. It's like you're going up to the line. Ah, nope, not this time. And, of course, Lane called three timeouts in a row to ice Tennessee's kicker. And somebody tweeted me and said, Lane Kiffin deserves all the blame for what happened in Neyland uh, because well, of the three uh, timeouts thing. I'm like, any coach would have done He that. had three timeouts. Yeah. That's yeah. the rule. Why wouldn't you make him sit there for six minutes and think about that kick? Some people will tell you, why don't you burn all three of your timeouts? You, you got can't them, take them with them. you. Yeah, you got them, use them. Um, the, the, the thing about if, if we assume teams do this, coaches install this, we saw Arkansas say it. We saw Iowa say it to Penn State. We're talking about it right now with the Tennessee Ole Miss game. So stop it. Same way we got mad about flopping mm-hmm. in the NBA. Well, I mean, this whole thing was was very – well, you're talking about what they started doing as a result of flopping. The yes, fines. that's where I'm getting at. We don't see it in the NFL because this offense isn't there yet. You got no huddle, no huddle, and coaches got to burn a timeout, timeout or get a stop in the NFL. But on the college level, it's different offenses. You're playing with a bunch of you, – you, you're scheming up a whole lot more, it feels like, in college football. So if you got this going on and clearly the fans don't like it, we're talking about it. It made the game way longer. My kid, about 1140 at night, Eastern time, he's like, Dad, are we leaving soon? I'm like, son, this is <laughs> – this is exciting. Dude, Abby wanted to go. Abby wanted to go at halftime because she was afraid of how long it was going to take to get out there, and she was absolutely exhausted. I think all of us screwed up and didn't drink enough water, and it cost us badly. Oh, man, I was good. On Saturday night. Yeah. Oh, you were you were all right, Shay? Eh, not really. I Like I said, I woke up 25 times Sunday morning with cramps, like five or six times calf cramps because I just didn't drink any water. And that was I just didn't think about it at the time. But was the game UT was going on offense on. when that happened. Yeah, right, exactly. It's <laughs> an easy joke to make and a good one. Um, but she, she was ready to go. But we stuck it out. And I was like, well, let's wait till the first possession because Tennessee's got the ball. Yeah. And then it was close enough to where, and she understood this after, as it was happening. She finally really turned around. I was like, I'm afraid if we leave, we're going to miss history because it just has this feel that something major is going to happen at the end. What? Now, what happened? wasn't exactly historic. It just sucked. But, I mean, we weren't there. Once Once the projectiles were going, Shafe, me, and Abby left. Yeah, yeah. Like, we didn't see the last 50 seconds when they played that. We were out of there. Well, let me jump into that real quick because I was at the 2010 Music City Bowl. Yeah. On the field, had a field pass on the field when fans were throwing garbage onto the field wow. during that call against North Carolina that yeah. benefited the Tar Heels who ended up winning the game. So unfortunately for me, this was not the first time that I'd had this type of experience. And when you have things being thrown from behind you that you don't know what it is, where it's coming from, or where it's going, you want to get out of there. So it was And it was nowhere near as bad on our side of the yeah. field as it was over on the old yeah, I will say I will say that I will say that I was accurate when I said if this call goes against Tennessee I just felt like this whole thing was brewing. The crowd was getting a little bit angrier as the game was going on. They didn't like the officiating at all, and then the injuries really started to turn the crowd. I, that's why I called it Woodstock 99 in a stadium mm-hmm. afterwards because it was like a lot of the people that were Woodstock 99 just came and saw music and everything was fine, but there were some knuckleheads, and that's what that whole thing is remembered for. 
and I think that's important here, is there were 102,455 at Neyland. Yeah. And probably 100,000 of them were fine. Maybe more than that. I don't know how many people it was. It wasn't a lot. It was just some knuckleheads. Tell them where they were. Though, like, that was there were a lot of them were on the student section. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we were close to the, to the student section, but enough that we were on the side, yeah. probably at about the 20-yard line. And, of course, they were in the end zone area and all. But it generally was coming from the same spot. Now, there were a few scattered behind the old Miss I bench because I saw the assistant coach yeah. get hit. We had a couple things fly over our heads. And that's when I was like, all right, I got to get my wife out of here. Yeah. And it was t- it was time to go. But um, the thing that I hated about this, and I knew we were obviously going to blow through this and, and talk about it a lot more than now, um, coming back and into the next hour and everything. But the thing I hated was this led to a bunch of Twitter warriors with, with Twitter biceps Looping 102,000 people and everybody that has ever worn orange in their lives. Flexing. In with some jack wagons. Mm -hmm. In with some instigators. In with some knuckleheads. And that's not fair. That's not the way that it should be. You should blame those responsible, not everybody else. Because there were a bunch of people that were there having a great time. And I, I told this story Sunday morning. When I popped on to Fox for a couple of minutes, I said, look, as we were walking towards the stadium, there were old Miss family in front of us. And they ran into some guys that were very, very hardcore Tennessee fans. And they just stopped them. The Tennessee fans stopped the old Miss fans and said, hey, welcome to our city. I hope you have a wonderful time. Yeah. Good luck to you guys tonight. Uh, all that kind of stuff. You need, do you guys know where you're going? All this kind of stuff. Like just the kindest kind of deal. And we live in this state. We live in this area of the country. And we know what the people are like. They're not the people that are throwing bottles all all over the place. And so the national media that decided that they were going to take this or the, and the fans and everybody else that decided they were going to take this and tar and feather every Tennessee fan out there. um, You got this wrong Mm -hmm. because that's not what it was. This was a a smattering of jerks Mm -hmm. that did something inexcusable. And if you can put a camera on them, find them, ban them from the stadium or whatever you need to do, you need to do it because you can't allow people to do this, and you have to make an example of it. I mean, what was it? Alabama, Texas A&M, A&M got fined a quarter of a million dollars because their fans stormed the field after they beat Alabama last week. So I don't know what's actually going to come from this, but something needs to happen here. It will. uh, Definitely. It'll probably be a fine like that, Jay. My brother-in-law was texting me. He was like, Tennessee fans acting like they don't have a case pending right now. I'm sure this is be judged separately, but it was a lot. I'll say this. From what I saw, recruits were like they loved the environment. They loved what they saw, everything about it, you know, this past weekend. But a VFL, uh, Gerald Riggs said this at 8.50 the morning before the game, a.m. It's all fun and games, but if you're planning on taking your young children to Neyland tonight, I strongly advise to rethink the idea. Night game, Lane Kiffin, all-day tailgating, and beer is sold in the stadium. Do the math. It's a couple instances I got to just get into, Jay, after this break, just – it was – I never saw game day <laughs> the way I saw it this past weekend. I was in fan mode. I saw tailgating. I saw different locations. I saw in the stadium stuff. We were up higher, so I saw, like, I've always been told, the higher you go, the drunker they are. I saw a guy stumbling down the steps where his kid had to be the most responsible person in the room. Not – well – not okay, man. We'll get into it. We will. I see John and Chris on the line. We will jump into your calls, and then we can react to those. I know you want to talk about the ball. 615-737-1045. That's really the topic of the day is what happened to Neyland 
on the field and off. We haven't really talked about the on the field stuff. I think Matt Corral just ran for another first down while we were talking. That was wild. But I think there's some positives to take away from that game as well, for sure. So there's a lot to get to as it relates to Tennessee Ole Miss. If you're on hold, stay there. We'll be back to take your calls and react. It's J. Martin and Ramon, 104.5 The Zone. Can you just take me through any conversations you were having towards the end of the game about how it was going to finish, if it was finished, anything of that nature? Well, I mean, they were just throwing stuff, and I just said, put your helmets on, let's play. And You know, it is what it is. They're passionate fans, and there are 100,000 people that came to see a show. They saw a show. Oh, yeah, they did. That was Lane Kiffin with, uh, I think it was Cole Kublik after the game. That was something else. By the way, if you're going to Bill's Titans tonight, it could be something else at Nissan Stadium. And make sure to download the latest version of the Titans app from the Google Play Store and the Apple Store prior to arriving at the station and at the stadium. Fans with outdated versions of the app not going to be able to access their tickets to get in. So you got to update that Titans app. Do it now if you're planning on being there tonight. Don't make it hard on yourself and have to like get out of line and then have to get back in line. Make sure that it's smooth for you as you make it into Nissan Stadium for the big Monday night game. Also, picture me polling this morning at J. Martin Ramon. Real simple. Who wins tonight, Bills or Titans? Bills leading pretty heavily the last time we looked. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll give you our predictions at the end of the show as, as well as our Toyota keys to the game. Let's get to John in the borough first. John, what's up? What's up, John? What, what's up, guys? I missed you guys last week. I was on vacation. Ah, lucky uh, you. Man. <laughs> uh, just a few quick points from a, uh, a non-biased fan. I'm not a Tennessee fan. I'm not an Ole Miss fan. Uh, Moan, nuts and bolts, there were some points that Tennessee got screwed, man. I, I watched that game, and, and I'm sitting there watching spots on the ball, and I'm like, do the refs need eye surgery? Uh, there, there, were some, there were some bad calls that, that hurt Tennessee, and, and I genuinely felt bad for them. Um, second of all, Tennessee fans need to get ready for, for defenses doing what Lane Kiffin's defense did. Um, I've seen it for years because I've watched Josh Heupel for years um, playing against him. Teams have done it against Memphis for years. Uh, it's, it's just a common thing. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying it's common. Um, and third of all, uh, the whole throwing trash thing on the field, you know you know what they do in Europe when, when soccer fans get out of control? They make the fa- they make the teams play behind closed doors the next game, and no fans are allowed in the stadium. And I'm not saying that that should be what happens, but that might be the the answer to solving anything like that. And that sucks, and that's hurtful. But I guarantee you do that one time, and you don't have that situation happen again. Mm-hmm. Appreciate you, John. So that that point was made to me by one of the hosts on Fox. Yesterday morning to say, hey, make them play an empty stadium game. Uh. I don't think that will happen. And I think that that is very, very, that's a lot to penalize an entire fan base for a select group of jerks. I don't think you can stop a bunch of families that were there for the right reasons, doing the right things. I, I tweeted this out. I hope people understand this. The vast majority of fans of any team, you might think, oh, they got the worst fans. No, they really don't. They might have the loud. They might have a, sla- a smattering of the loudest fans mm-hmm. here and there. Yeah, but most fans of universities, like we can say Tennessee, because they're the latest example. They go and buy Tennessee merchandise. 
They wear orange a lot. They cheer for their team. They're sad when they lose, but they go about their lives. They raise their children or they hang out with their husbands and wives. They go out and eat. They go to the movies. They work for a living. They don't do this. Every fan base, the vast majority of them are just normal people that love their team, want to see them win and root for them nice and quietly. You know they're fans, but they're not overbearing. I think that because of the society we live in, you apply the idiot Twitter idea to everybody in a fan base. It's unfair. It's unfair to Tennessee. It's unfair to Baltimore if they – if they have fans that act like jerks Bills. to you against the Titans, Bills fans tonight, whoever they are, the vast majority of fans of every school are just normal, everyday people just like you who love sports. Who want to see their team win. And that needs to be said here because the vast majority of people in Neyland that were checkered out and everything else on Saturday, it was such a great environment and fun and people were having a great time. And then a 1,000 people or whatever the number is acted like jerks. Let's say it's a thousand. I'm not even sure it was a thousand. Yeah. But we'll say we'll say it was a thousand. If it was a thousand, that's not even one one hundredth of the amount of people that were in that stadium. No. To apply that to the other ninety nine percent isn't just unfair; it's egregious and it needs to stop. Yeah. And, and again, we from where from where I saw it coming from, it was mostly the student section. It might have been some upper tier fans that just chose to. But I'll say this to that point earlier about finding those people. AI is real. They got camera, artificial intelligence all across that stadium. I saw somebody throw something from like the mid-tier of the stadium, and the guys in the green, the security in the green shirts, pointed at them, you, let's go. You know, so there was a lot of that going on for the people cre- uh, doing that type of stuff. And I've seen people get banned. They will be put outside the stadium and stuff like that. So it, so it was a lot this weekend. We're going to get more into it after the break, Jay, but goodness, it wasn't, as, as your point, my kids were looking like, what? what is that? You know what I'm saying? Why are they doing it? And to that point about that last call, too, I didn't realize this, and I still hadn't seen the, uh, the uh, ESPN version of it or the TV version of it, but whoever was kind of running the Jumbotron, they didn't actually show the other angle. There wasn't one. There wasn't one. There wasn't one. It wasn't there, one there at wasn't all? One. I watched it on ESPN. There Games wasn't on the, one. No, no, no. We, we said this at the time. If you're on SEC Network, you better hope something doesn't need a replay because they have about half the cameras what? they have on regular ESPN or on ABC at those games. That's why those broadcasts aren't as good because they don't have them. But that means they don't have them, meaning the officials don't have them either. Nobody had a view so, of that. By the way, it wasn't the first down. Okay, but, but what did I, I it look like? What did it look like on the jumbotron? Uh, they, not a first down. They had. Well, the, I saw it. What the, he was stretching out, but that wasn't the hand. His the hand the ball was in. Okay. The ball, ball was in the was left in arm. The he stretched out with his right. Everybody that. saw this and thought first down. Yeah. The ball was actually in his left arm. I think whatever was called on the field had to stand because, because you didn't have dang. you didn't have now, an, you didn't have one to show the ball. It was lightning close. Real if they quickly, called it first down, I'd been fine with it. The bigger issue is the official on that side of the field who made the yeah. mark. Yeah. Was twenty? Was yeah, he wasn't the one that needed to. Josh Dobbs called that out on Twitter, and yes. he was exactly right Warren about Sharp that. Warren Sharp did too. Yeah, so, so, whoever, whoever, whatever yeah. the call was, it had to stand. It had to stand. That's right. Yep. So, it didn't help in the stadium. No, at all. no, no, it did not. Second hour of the shows to come. Cousin Brian, Matt Allen. We will get to your phone calls. We will rapid fire those things. So go ahead and stick with us after the top of the hour headlines. Tyler Dunn from Go Long TD talks NFL specifically Buffalo and Tennessee coming up in 25 minutes. It's Jay Martin Ramon on 104.5 The Zone.